Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. So defensiveness is defined as, one, the quality of being anxious to challenge or avoid criticism, and two, behavior intended to defend or protect. And it's a normal response to being attacked. But it's also a habit that can damage your marriage if it's done too often. It derails conversations and creates distance between you and your spouse. So if defensiveness is a challenge in your marriage, my guest, relationship expert and speaker, Lisa Merlot-Booth, is here to help you out. So Lisa, thanks for coming back on the show and talking about what is a really challenging topic. <laughs> You're very welcome, and thank you for having me. So I gave a couple of definitions of defensiveness, but can you elaborate on what defensiveness actually is and if it's natural, because it is, what makes it problematic? Great question. So the way I define defensiveness is a knee-jerk self-protective response to feedback or conflict that avoids taking responsibility for one's actions and most importantly for their impact. Mm. So it's that, you know, just a reactive knee-jerk, I didn't do that, or I did that because of this, or, well, you do that all the time, why is it a problem for me, right? It's um, it's just that knee-jerk, really, it, it's about let me protect myself right now. And, and mm-hmm. the reason why, um, and then it's also a, an over, it can be, I guess let's talk about two different things. One could just be that, like it's that knee-jerk immediate response. For some people, it can be a pattern of that response, right? You have a difficult time apologizing. You have difficulty repairing your mistakes, even when you know you're wrong, right? You have that in general lack of accountability. But that would be, you know, like that's where um, it's more of a, a pattern. And this could be what I call your edge. Like that edge is in general, um, what do you do that makes it difficult to be in relationship with you? Now, if you have a hard time apologizing or repairing your mistakes and mm-hmm. more times than not, you're going to defensiveness, then that's, that's your edge. If it's not your edge, most of us at some point are having an immediate reaction at times to mm-hmm. somebody else's upset. The problem with that, so if so many people do it, you know, why right. is it a problem, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> the problem is once I'm protecting me, I've left you, right? So okay. you're coming to me and you're saying, hey, I was really hurt when you did dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I didn't mean to do it. I was doing, I was really trying to be nice. I was blah, 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 blah. Right. I've left you on an island all by yourself upset and I'm uh, over here being like but I'm okay I'm okay I'm a good person and I do everything wonderful and I didn't you know you need to see me better and now you're not going there's no there's no um way for you to heal right like we need to start we look at 
feedback and conflict and somebody else's upset as an attack, as a way of calling us out and making us look bad. And what we're missing is that really those upsets, when you're coming to me with an upset, that's operating instructions for me. That, those right. are operating instructions mm-hmm. for me to grow, for me to connect, you know, for me to have greater competency if we're talking about a job. And so that defensiveness, it blocks healing, it blocks connection, it blocks growth. If we can't talk about something, we can't fix it. We can't work right. through it. We can't problem solve. Well, and I, and I love you talking about, you know, about this because it's not, because it's also giving you information about me. If I'm coming to, to you with something that's, that's bothering me or that's hurt me or whatever, I'm actually sharing really important information for you to have about me. <laughs> I mean, yes. And, you know, and it's, and it's interesting. You, you talked about kind of almost like this double standard in the beginning because, you know, my husband and I have this ongoing thing for years that I, I am cold almost all the time. I mean, I just live in a state of being cold. And yeah, one, of the yeah. things he, one of the things he cannot do, he cannot put his cold hands or feet on me. I do not like it. Now, he has mm-hmm. told me that it's fine if I do the same, but almost every time I do, he says to me, well, you wouldn't like that if I did that to you. And I said, yes, I know, but you've told me it's okay. So you know, we, we go back, it's like, is it really not okay? You know? Right, right. Not, it is not okay with me. You know? <laughs> and don't react well. Right. You know, but, so that, but that, I think that double standard can get, can really be problematic because there are things that, that people do that really don't bother me. I, it, you know, but, but, they bother other people. So I can't use myself as the template because just because it doesn't bother me doesn't mean it doesn't bother my partner. And then if I dismiss them, that's what you're kind of talking about, right? Right. That's one of the ways. Absolutely. That's one of the ways that defensiveness shows up. Defensiveness shows up in so many different ways. And yes, it like that. So being dismissive um, is absolutely one of the faces of, de- of defensiveness. You're saying this and it's like, you know, oh, that's so unimportant or that's, that's right. you know, why are you so sensitive? Or, you right. know, I don't mind you putting your feet on me, so you shouldn't mind me putting my feet on you. And what you're not, what, what we don't realize is if somebody's, you know, and that's what I meant when I said it's like operating instructions. When you're going to your right. husband and you're saying, you know, look, like I don't, I don't like cold feet on me because I'm always cold. It just makes me colder or whatever. Um, that, like, intimacy is into me, you see, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. give you a glimpse into, you know, what, what my experience is, what works for me, what I love, what I don't love, right? And, and I'm going to give that to you because I care enough about you. And so it's not about you. It's not about, oh, you're being insensitive because you're doing this or you're a jerk because it has nothing to do with you. It's really about here's what's happening to me that I don't like and I want to talk to you about it because I love you and I want it to change. Right. And and it's a way forward. So you said that there are three archetypes of defensiveness. 
And the first one yeah. that you identify is something called the storyteller. So can you describe mm-hmm. the characteristics of a storyteller and how it, it, it shows defensiveness? So the storyteller, um, the, the main kind of three ways that they defend is they explain, right? Well, I did that because dot, 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 I was just trying to be nice. I was blah, 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 blah. Or they'll distract like, oh, my gosh, you're talking about all the things I didn't do. But did you notice how I just cleaned the whole, you know, the whole family room? Did you notice that? Right. Mm-hmm. Or they justify. I did that because you weren't listening to me. And mm-hmm. the the reason the driver of the storyteller is you have to see I'm a good person. But wait, I'm a good person. I wasn't trying to be mean, but look at all the good things I do, right? So that's the the main driver for the storyteller. No matter how many times you're complaining, no matter what you're complaining to me about, if I get defensive nine times out of ten, it's going to be about showing you that I'm competent or I'm worthy or, you know, that I'm a good person. And, you know, and that's interesting that you talk about that because – you know, and you said this a little bit before about about when there's a critique or a criticism that it's taken as an implication of our character as opposed to our behavior, right? So it's like I have to right. just, if I'm a storyteller, I have to explain and justify why what I did was not problematic because I want you to see me, see me as a good person. So how do yeah. we get there? I mean, is that part of just the nature of defensiveness that we take it as as a character slight that maybe you know and right now I've got this thing going on with my husband he doesn't know about this because I haven't mentioned it to him about leaving the lights on all the time it's like you walked out of the bathroom why is the light on I mean, I mean, and it's right. a I mean it really is a minor thing but right it's kind of right. like I'm fine. I'm starting to get annoyed by it, and you know, I'm weighing whether or not I should say anything about it or just continue to turn the lights off. But, but you know, right. it's not a character flaw. I mean, there is nothing wrong with his character because he walks out of a room and leaves the light on. It's just right. It's just a, well, each person, you know, each archetype, there's a different, you know, driver. To, there's a different something. So often, family of origin. Right. Mm-hmm. There's um, some type of history, something that you experienced before with this one in particular. It really is about worthiness. It, it's mm. really about you have to see that I'm worthy. You have to know that I'm a good person. You've, and and so that's what's driving that particular. It's like I don't feel I need to look good. I need to present well. I need you to see me well. If you don't see me well, then I don't feel okay. So I'm going to explain everything that I'm doing. And and so on this one, that's really what's what's driving it. I I feel like if you call me out, then you're thinking I'm not a good person. You're thinking that I'm not, you know, um, worthy or you, or you're, you're kind of acting like, um, you don't, you're not acknowledging what I do do. And so that's, that was, that's the one that drives this particular one. And sometimes, you know, how do we get fall into an archetype? It's, 
you know, family of origin, it's cultural, what the messages that stuck with us, or it's, um, you know, what we saw when we were growing up or what we, you know, heard other people, our religion, there could be a lot of things, you know. Yeah, so it's very interesting. So this is Happily Ever After. It's just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm talking defensiveness with relationship expert and speaker Lisa Merlot-Booth. And if this is an issue in your marriage, you're not alone, but it is something you probably need to address. And if you'd like some help with that, I invite you to get in touch with me and schedule your free, no-obligation, five-star relationship call. You can reach me by email at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, and is in Nancy, C is in charlie.com. Or you can reach me by phone at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. And I want to get back to this conversation about defensive archetypes. So, Lisa, the next one you describe is the peacemaker. And I, I think this one may be a pretty darn common, too. So what are its characteristics? So the peacemaker, what they tend to do is they they can collapse. I'm too upset to talk about this. This is too hard. Why are you doing this to me? They can kind of play the victim, right? I'm always the bad guy. Nothing I do is right. Um, and they can kind of silence and withdraw, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to hear this. This is too much right now. Oh, my goodness. And so they're super, they really try to avoid conflict. They don't want it. You know, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want it happening. And so, yes, and that's the the main kind of driver for the peacemakers is they want to avoid conflict, upset, and, and disconnection. They um, They need things to be okay, and they're afraid if they get into this conflict – that, you know, you're going to leave me or it's going to mess everything up or you're not going to like me and I, I, like, I just can't handle this. Can we just go along to get along? And so it sounds as if by going through the avoiding of the conflict, because I always say you can't avoid it, you can merely postpone it. Um, right. That, that this idea of avoiding conflict in order to not have distance would actually create that distance that they're so afraid of because, if I'm trying to talk to you about something that is concerning to me and I get shut down because you can't handle it, then yeah. that's, I would assume that would be distance provoking. Well, it is. And then the other thing that happens is so it creates distance because the other person is left to deal with their upset and they just have to like, you know, you just got to live with it because you can't talk to me about it, which means we can't change it. Right. It also sends up a, a false sense of security for the peacemaker. Right. So the peacemaker is thinking, oh, everything's good because we don't talk about conflict. There's no conflict coming up. They must be happy with me. Everything's good. And then when something, you know, if the other person's like, I'm unhappy in this relationship, I want out, they're shocked. Right. And it's really just been because, well, you can't handle it. And if you can't handle it, I can't talk about it. If I can't talk about it, I'm going to get further and further away from you and more and more resentful about it. Right. And, you know, and, and I, I see this all the time in that, you know, I always warn people, I said, 
If your partner has stopped talking about challenges in the relationship and you don't know for a fact that they have been addressed, be very careful because of this. Because people yes. will then go underground and it's like, okay, mm. you know, yes. I can't, you know, this isn't going the way I need it to go. I can't address it. Ergo, I'm right. planning on getting out. And then this is when people go, you know, I was completely blindsided when my partner asked, you know, said they wanted a divorce. And went, yes. <laughs> um, right. You know, you know, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, like, one of the things that I think we struggle with so much is there's so many conversations not happening. There's so many, you know, um, there's so many conflicts that are just blowing up. And, and people are thinking that, you know, in order to make our relationship better, we need to, like, avoid all these minefields. And what I would say is look, I want everybody to have smooth sailing, right? Relationships okay. should be smooth sailing. I don't believe that relationships should be hard. Right. And when you learn how to manage, how to have these conversations, and when you really learn like how to you know, not avoid and to really respond, be in the other person's story, relationships become easy because I can trust you're going to come to me with upset and I know, oh, I got this. I can handle this. I'm going to go to you and I know you've got it. I don't have that. Oh God, are they going to blow up? Oh man, I can't, uh, what am I going to do? This is terrible because like, I get it. Oh, this is this is like I can do this, and right. then it just becomes oh I don't have that tension, and we can we can grow with this, and we can manage feedback. It's just a game changer for for not just couples everywhere and at work everywhere. Right. And and I and I so love that because I know you and I are in think about that you know when when people talk about relationships being hard work, it's like mm, you're missing some skills because they yes. they. They don't have to be as hard as people make them. So the last, no. I want to, the last archetype you talk about in terms of defensiveness is the CEO, which I thought that's an interesting thing. So, yeah. <laughs> so the CEO, the main um, defensive maneuvers they use is they dismiss, they get like reactive to feedback, they may or they flip feedback, right? You know, you do the same thing. I don't know why you're saying this. Or that dismissiveness is, oh my gosh, you're too sensitive. That is not a big deal. Why are we even talking about that? Mm -hmm. um, or they do straight defense. That didn't happen. That is not what happened. I didn't do that. And they, it's like, for the CEO, it's, if, if they think it's a problem, if, it's a problem. If they yep. think the facts are right then or not right, they're going to correct the facts, right? They're, okay. just, they're the ones that people typically will walk on eggshells around. Uh -huh. They're, like, nervous to give them feedback because the CEOs, they, it's their reality and it's the way they see it, and they can be much more, um, you know, tough. Right. Well, I find that interesting because this is one of the things when I'm working with my clients that, you know, getting into the getting into the argument about you said this, no, I didn't, yes, you did. It's like, okay, unless you have a tape recorder yeah. or a video camera, stop it. Yes. Because right. You know, right. nobody remembers the exact words. Right. 
Um, you know, but, right. but it, but it can, so, so I'm kind of guessing that, that the gaslighting kind of falls under the CEO kind of like that, that didn't yes. really happen. You're misinterpreting or, you know, basically yes. you're just flat out wrong. Right. That would be, yes. Gaslighting would definitely fall under the CEO. No, wow. no, not all CEOs gaslight. Right. It's just, if you're gaslighting, your, your tendency is to be a CEO. And, you know, I mean, and it's so if if you are or your partner is one of these three, well, I mean, because I guess I guess we would all fall under one of them. Um, yeah. But, but what do we do? I mean, if if I'm defensive or if my partner is defensive and, and I need to be clear, I mean, people defensiveness is a natural response, right? If we feel attacked, yeah. we are going to get defensive. So. But it's, um, I think a lot of it is how often it happens because, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, knowing what I know, and I'm sure, Lisa, you're the same way because sometimes it's like, okay, I know this isn't a good way to respond, but I'm doing right. it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I think that there are times when we have to give ourselves a little bit of grace. I, when I work with my clients, I, I work with them it's like 85 to 90% of the time you're knocking it out of the ballpark there's enough cushion You're good. to give on that 10 to yeah. 15% when, okay, I just, I just completely right. lost all of my skills right now. Um, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. but, but so how do people move through this? It's, I mean, one, I guess we have to identify and, and acknowledge that we all get defensive. I mean, I think that's a, mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty fair statement to make. Um, yes, but then yes. it's a question of what do I do, either if it's me or my partner who's getting into this pattern of defensiveness. Mm-hmm. How do we um, turn it around? So the first thing is you have to recognize it. Mm-hmm. If, if you, you have to know when you're doing it, even if you don't notice it until like two days later, right? Mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. got to recognize how, how does my prof- – particular defensiveness shows up, show up. And then um, once you recognize it, you know, each, each archetype has a different kind of approach to really helping you. So there's like, there's a grounding statement that you're going to tell yourself. Um, there's like different steps that you're going to do. But in general, you got to recognize what you're doing. You're going to use a grounding statement to, to slow it down. And mm-hmm. then, um, what you're going to do is you got to plant yourself in the right person's story. If, and the story that you need to be in is the person who came to the table, they get the mic and you're in their story, not yours. So, okay, so how do you that do one, that? Because I mean, that, that makes, I mean, that sounds good in theory. It's one of those things that's mm-hmm. like, okay, great. Lisa, how do you do this? Cause I have my own well, story. Your story doesn't matter. If they're coming to you and upset, this is not your story. It's not the time for your story. Um, you know, but like the example. You're attacking me. So that's the other thing. If you struggle, if you struggle with defensiveness, the first thing you need to know is that feedback is a gift and it is operating instructions for you to grow, for you to get more and more intimate with your partner, and for mm-hmm. you to have greater competency. So you have to, like, your whole frame of reference around somebody giving you feedback, you got to do the, the internal work to realize, wait a second, feedback is a gift. 
And so part of your mantra is feedback is a gift. It's not an attack. Okay. And the other thing I would say, and this is so tough for people, right? This is why I have an entire course on it. I have two courses on it because it's, it's really tough is that you're responsible for your actions. Don't misplace blame. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is coming to me, even if I think that they're coming to me hot, They're not like if I get reactive and I get defensive, I'm responsible for my defensiveness and my reaction. They didn't cause me to do that. They're responsible for how they're speaking to me. I'm responsible for how I'm responding. And that is so pivotal. People misplace blame all the time. Well, you you came in hot. What did you expect me to do? No, they came in hot. You can you can settle yourself and say, I want to hear what you're saying and I need you to change your tone. Right. I totally am interested in what you're saying. Can you soften your voice so I can hear you right now? Right. And so don't you got to be really clear what's your work, what's theirs. And don't confuse the two and don't take on don't excuse your poor behavior because you think theirs was poor. Their poor behavior is not a green light for yours. Right. So so a couple of things. Yeah, go ahead. Which is which is challenging. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes, at yeah, first. It, well, it, it's really funny because I know that you've worked with Terry Real before, and when I read, I read something in, I think it was the New Rules of Marriage, his book, and he said, "We get to choose our emotions." And my initial reaction was, "No, we don't." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, I said, we do. Oh crap! Yes, mm-hmm. we do. We don't necessarily get to choose that initial reaction, but then. Right we do have the power to decide what we want to do with that. And, and for me, it's, right. it's like, dang, he's right again. You know? Yeah, absolutely. The only place we have power is with us. I, I have 100% control over what I say, how I react, how I say it, what I don't say, right? I have zero control about what you say, how mm-hmm. you say it, how you react, how you don't react. That's not my work. I have enough work on my side. I can't do your work too, right? And I, and I think this is where, like, you know, just as a culture, I think we really have this messed up. We misplace blame on so many areas across, uh, just name anything, right? Mm-hmm. And really you have to place blame with your, where it lies. If you did the behavior, you are responsible for the behavior. You mm-hmm. don't make me mad. You don't mm-hmm. make me shut down. You don't make me explode. You don't have that power right. unless I give it to you. Right. And I don't make you yell at me. I don't make you treat me bad. So I'm not buying that when you tell me, well, you right. made me. No, I didn't. No. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, this is, it's funny because I had this experience with my daughter when she was a teenager, and I don't know what she had done, but I, I was not using my tools. I lost it. I yelled at her, mm-hmm. and I told her to go to her room. Yeah. And when she came down, she, she started to apologize to me. And I said, hang mm-hmm. on, sweetheart. I said, the behavior that you did was not okay, but how I handled it was also not okay. So, because she was saying, I'm sorry, I made you mad. And I was like, no, 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 no. You own your behavior. I own my response. And I did not handle it. And she kind of looked at me like, (laughs) but it was like, "Uh uh-uh, I wasn't going to let her do that because it was like, no, no, 
you know, I did not, I did not do well. And, you know, That's I mean, a and, game changer. It, well, it is because, I mean, and again, you've gotten into this, um, we didn't really talk about it because it's, because it's, it, it's its own, its own topic. But that, but that apology, that apology, that saying, you know what, what I did was not okay and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's like, talk about how. Yes. That, well, that's what people don't understand. That, like, that is the, the pathway to intimacy and connection. Mm-hmm. And we, like, it just drives me crazy. Accountability is weak, and uh, love is never having to say you're sorry. I'm like, oh, oh my <laughs> gosh. Like, these are such toxic messages that are, that are really harming, you know, relationships. And well, it is courageous to own it and be like, you know what? Wow, I'm, I'm really sorry. You're right. Let me, let me try that again. Yeah. That takes courage. And, and it, it really get increases connection. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, and, and we, you know, and everybody wants other people to be accountable, but it's, but it's like, well, yeah. I have to be accountable. Right? I didn't, I didn't mean right. that. You took it the wrong way. And it's like, you yeah. know, and a, uh, and a friend of my, he was a former coworker of my husband's, and he has this line that like, it's like, it took me a while to get it into my head, but it's like, I am the master of my intent but you are the master of my impact. So it doesn't matter what I intended if it landed wrong. Yes. And, yes. you know, and so we're always trying to argue, but I didn't mean it. It's like, it's, and it's like you said, that's my story, not the person who has the issues story. And it's right. like, how do I open myself up to that? And honestly, I don't care if you meant it. It still hurts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I didn't say you meant it. And, right. and even if I did, bottom line, it still hurt. Yeah. I don't care what your intention was. Right. If you intended to hurt me on top, now it, like that's even worse <laughs> if you were telling me you intended. But look, I don't want to hear your intentions. I want to hear that you get it, that you understand the impact of your actions on me. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, that's a whole other piece. And, and you know, in, in my course – One of the courses that I do, like we actually, we practice this, like we go Mm -hmm. through it because it is, it's hard and apologies. And you know this because you work with couples all the time, right? How many times do you hear a couple? Well, he said he's sorry. He didn't mean it. Or she said he's sorry. And and they're right. They're like, okay, fine. I'm sorry you felt that way. That's not, that is not being accountable. No. That's brushing off, right? That's just brushing it off. And, and being accountable, as, as you said earlier, I mean, being accountable takes courage, but it's actually, like you've also said before, that it actually is what makes relationships easier. So, Lisa, you've been talking about um, some courses that you offer, and you've been talking about, and I know you've got one coming up on defensiveness. So can you share um, where people can learn more about this and where they can find out about your courses? Yeah, so um... – I have two courses. One is just a self-paced kind of um, easy course to go through. It's the archetypes of defensiveness, and you go at your own pace. That is available all you know all the time. Um, you can go to my website, www.lisamerlobooth.com. It's L-I-S-A-M as in Mary, E-R-L-O-B as in boy, O-O-T-H.com. Um, and it is... 
uh, under, I have to think for just a second where it's under, um, offerings. Mm-hmm. And and then you go down and it's the defensiveness archetypes. Um, I'm also in May, I'm going to be offering the smooth sailing, which is defense, which is really going to work on exactly what we're talking about. And that's a five week course. You really want to learn how to dive into defensive defensiveness and dive into accountability and how to kind of move your relationship with your parenting with couples at work, just be able to have your life be a little bit smoother. That's the course to take. Um, that's starting May 2nd. Um, but you can also go on my website and you will, you know, learn more about it. You can also sign up on my website for any, for weekly tips and you'll get some of this information when I'm running new courses and that as soon as you get to my website, you can sign up. Yes. So please go there today and, and, and check it out because Lisa's got great stuff. And the truth is it is completely normal to respond defensively when you feel attacked, but Sometimes you misread the situation, and a rational request to do something different is not an attack, but it can be interpreted that way if you don't know how to handle it productively. So what would help you address your defensiveness and bring real peace and intimacy to your marriage? So hopefully one of the things you'll keep doing is listening to the show. And until next week, stay loving.